It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda, and this is the place to come for everything you want to know about franchising. So we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything that's important before you make an investment. So there's a lot of info, a lot of data. Check out the previous episodes, a lot of interesting guests. I'm a franchise advisor and coach by day, and I help people figure out what franchising uh, opportunity is right for them. So I match people based on skills, personality, goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. And I work with folks that are frustrated with their career, cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning. I also help people that have a job, have a business, but they want to diversify their income. A franchise opportunity in the right space for you is really a great, great idea and a great opportunity if you really look at it from the business perspective and not the consumer perspective. And that's what I will help you do. Check out my new book. It's called Franchise Savvy. Check out also my latest series. That's a 45, 45 video series class on how to buy a franchise, everything A to Z that you need to know. Anything that I've ever said about franchising is in those 45 videos. So check that out on the franchiseacademy.com. Today, I have a great person, a legendary person in the fitness industry by the name of Rick Mayo. So Rick has been helping more than 2,500 clubs around the country, probably around the world. I'm going to clarify that in a minute do great customer service, great training for their customers in their neighborhoods. Rick is renowned in the industry. He talks at conferences domestically and internationally. If if you are involved in this industry heavily, you know who Rick is. So now Rick is franchising something called Alloy, Alloy Personal Training. Alloy Personal Training is a new twist on personal training that I'm not going to tell you about. I'm going to have Rick Mayo himself. Rick, thanks so much for being on the Franchise Academy. Tom, it's my honor. Thanks for having me. Now, this is um, an honor for me. Thank you so much. I know that you're busy. You're doing a million things. So you've been in, in this whole fitness industry for how many years now? Um, 30, I'm embarrassed to admit. <laughs> <laughs> so you started when you were 10. You look great. Yeah, early entrepreneurship, 10 years old. Yeah, I think I was uh, 22. So I was a junior in college when we opened our first personal training facility. That's because you work out. That's why you look so great. <laughs> got to do it, man. It's like you got to do it if you're in the industry, right? Right. And and knowing, you know, what we know now about COVID and how being in shape is a great way to avoid getting very sick, even if you do catch the uh, the COVID flu or whatever it is. Uh, if you're in shape, you'll have a better chance of surviving. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I think, you know, if anything, it, it may be still be a bit too early, but I think what we're going to see, and we're starting to see the front edge of this is people's just awareness around their health. I think when you look at one of the, you know, the factors of determining whether you would get really sick or just have a case of COVID, I think it was some 78% of the more serious cases were related in some way to obesity, right? And so uh, I think it's not lost on folks. If you've been to Disney World or, or a local airport anytime <laughs> recently, you look around and you're like, wow, you know, we have some work to do to try to be healthier as a society. So 
you know, uh, and I'm sure you, you know that, I mean, we talked, you know, pre-podcast about some of the strategies and things that, that you've done with your family and, you know, same for me. And so I'm really honored to be in a seat to be able to affect that. We take it seriously. Um, listen, we try to have a good time at the end of the day, you know, fitness is, it can be a lot of fun, but I think uh, we're in a really good spot to help people coming out of this situation that really shed light on how important it is to be fit and healthy. Yeah, so true. And so funny that you mentioned Disney, because we were just talking about that this weekend. We were, I was in Disney a few weeks ago, and um, I just noticed the amount of people that are in these motorized wheelchair things. Right, yeah. And it's just because they're overweight. They're, they're not, you know, it's not like they have an, an, a muscle problem or something that confines them to a wheelchair. And it was striking, actually, how many... Like it was up to the point where they ran out of these things, these these chairs. You can't, you couldn't rent them. They were sold out. Um, it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, we have a lot to do here in, in this country to to get better um, at being healthy. So um, I want to talk about uh, alloy as well and and what that concept is all about. But I want to really start from the beginning. So you got into fitness, I guess, in college and. Uh, what, what made you decide this is your career? Well, I think like a lot of people, you probably included, Tom, it's like I, I first started working out. I, I played football, did a little bit of boxing. And so you had to do some conditioning, right? If you want to be good at your sport. It was also at a time, you know, late teens and, and early 20s. And of course, you're trying to attract the attention of whoever you might be attracted to. So for me, it was young women at the time. And, you know, it was like, well, there's a little bit of that in there as well. And then what I figured out was, you know, I was a decent athlete, but not good enough to really do anything with it. But I really liked the the training side. I just fell in love with the, the work, right, to get in shape. And so um, I was paying my way through school, you know, bouncing around. I was going doing in-home personal training. You know, I had clients like Usher and Madonna was a personal client of mine. And so it was sort of like what the rich and famous kids were doing you know, back in the day, I guess, as we say. Um, and then, you know, it, it sort of evolved over time. And we were like first to market in Atlanta to put four walls and a customer experience around the service of personal training. Um, and so, you know, I could claim to be first overall, shoot, there was no internet even, which is so crazy to believe now, um, based on, you know, here we are on a Zoom, you know, or YouTube platform that was, it didn't even exist at the time. And so there weren't a lot of people doing it as a standalone business. As it became more of a viable industry and in a real career path, we were first to market. It's always good to be first. And so we had already been at it about 10 years when it really started to come into its own as a real business model. And yeah, we were, you know, we started out as personal training and, you know, it's still personal training. And I know this is a point that comes up a lot, Tom, in my conversations with people that are interested in, in franchising a fitness concept is, you know, they may be a little nervous about fitness and they might say something like, hey, I'm not sure about fitness. It seems to be very trendy, which just means like, you know, it can be anything, as you know, that's on trend can by default be off trend at some point. But I think it, what's what I love about our model is you know, 1992, the brand promise on the front door was personal training. That's still on the front door. That simply speaks to accountability and specificity. It's not based on a piece of equipment. It's not based on one piece of technology that can be disrupted. So the great thing is, is it's got staying power because I have changed many times based on science, the technology, the, you know, the tools, the training techniques, all of those things can evolve, but they don't supersede the brand promise of it's all about you. 
And it's, you know, we can work around your injuries uh, and just things that maybe some other fitness brands can't do. And so that will forever in a day be the, the brand promise. And so there is no really, you know, you don't age out of specificity and accountability. You just don't. So we're really proud of that. And I think it bodes well for us moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a lot of questions about what you just stated. Um, so going back to the beginning, how do you, how are you a personal trainer, young guy, and get involved with like Madonna and Usher? How does that happen? <laughs> Fortuitous, maybe. So yeah, the Madonna story is kind of fun. I actually met her wearing nothing but a towel, which is a, a whole other story. I mean, look, we could probably do an hour on, uh, you know, rich and famous stories from personal training. But, you know, I was uh, meeting with a massage therapist that is, was in a hotel in Atlanta. And at the time, they had a lot of they were starting to shoot some movies here. And, and he would say, look, we get these Hollywood folks in town and, and I don't know of any personal trainers. A lot of them are from the West Coast, which would we would tend to think might be a little bit ahead of where we were in Atlanta with personal training. So they might be working with a fitness trainer, but he didn't know any in Atlanta. And so I put my hand up. Well, lo and behold, someone that was staying at the hotel was Madonna. And so he said, well, why don't you come down and get a massage? And we can talk business. Like, how am I going to connect you to these people? Now, I had just opened. So this is 1992. Again, no cell phones really per se. I'm certainly ones that could take pictures. And so I go down and I'm getting this massage and, you know, it's like, Hey, get your clothes off. And, you know, all right, you know, just the calves, that kind of thing. And so, you know, he works me over pretty good. And he says, Hey, the, the hotel gym that he worked out of, it's closed for a private workout. So you can just throw your towel on, cut across the, the, gym here and grab a quick shower if you want. I was like, all right. So through, you know, put everything in my backpack, threw it over my shoulder, put my towel on nothing but a towel. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty small room, but I didn't really notice anyone in there probably wasn't paying attention. So I'm standing at the water fountain, filling up my water bottle, and I'm assuming the whole place is closed down. And then I can feel someone just behind me waiting for their turn at the water fountain. Music's really loud, you know, so I'm jamming out. I mean, I'm 22 years old, you know, what do I know? And so I turn around, look over my shoulder, it's Madonna. So the club is shut down and reserved for her. And this is at the time, Tom, when she was like dating Dennis Rodman, she had that new crazy book out. I think the title of the book was like sex or something. It had a metal book with a stamp on it. That was when she was it right. And kind of wild and crazy. You know, at the time she had a nose ring first one I'd ever even seen attached to like an earring with a chain. And I mean, she was wild. Right. And so to meet her wearing nothing but a towel was a little bit intimidating, you know, and, um, the massage guy came out, he had been working on her. He introduced us, you know, I don't think I, I didn't breathe for like 10 straight minutes, <laughs> just like you're trying to look as good as like, thankfully, I was a little less pasty than I normally am. I think I'd been to the beach or something. So and I was in pretty good shape. So we had a great conversation. I met the her then trainer at the time. And then, you know, thought nothing of it, except it was really cool, you know, couldn't take a selfie with her or anything like that. There's no technology for that. But then a couple of weeks later, I got a call from the massage therapist saying, hey, her trainer can't go on this local or this uh, domestic tour for eight, nine months. Would you be interested in meeting with her? I was like, yeah, awesome. So there you are. Uh, that was it. I met her half naked. And then that landed me a, a gig with her for a short domestic tour. So that's the story. That is awesome. That's yeah. Well, and here's here's what I pride myself on, Tom. So, you know, if anyone knows Madonna's story, she ended up having a fling with a trainer, and that was her first child, who's probably now in their twenties or something, right? That was actually the trainer after me. So okay. I love to torture my wife by telling the same story in front of people over and over until she's just roll eye rolling as soon as I start. But like I always say, you know, babe, if I hadn't had such strong professional boundaries 
that that would have been my kid, you know, but it wasn't because I kept my boundaries up because I'm very professional. And she's just like, oh, you know, she's so tired of that story. But that's, that's okay. what personal training was back then, Tom. It was just what the cool kids were doing. It was so new. Not a lot of people had heard of it. We'd have to explain kind of what we did. And then over the next, you know, eight years or so, it became a little bit more mainstream. And the people we were getting that would that come in looking for help weren't Hollywood stars. They were just normal folks like me. And they would live down the street and they're like, I need to lose weight. I'm trying to get healthy. You know, I want to hit a golf ball and my back doesn't, I don't want my back to hurt. And so we knew, we knew we had to tweak the model a little bit. It was just not very scalable. It was too expensive. And okay, now we have like, you know, again, I'm air quoting normal people coming to the table that are looking for training. So we need to figure out a better way to do this. Very cool. So um, I have to say when, after I asked the question about meeting Madonna, that thing did click in my mind of, is this the guy who had Madonna's bait? Like I was like, oh, maybe I opened up a can of worms here. That's right. I'm going on record saying that is not my child. So that's all I'll say. If so, I want some child supporters. I don't know. Like Madonna seems like she'd be well suited to pay me child support. I don't know, but it's not my kid, so I can't claim it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, oh my god, this be the end of my podcast. Um, but I, I so that was funny. But the um. But also what occurred to me as you were talking is that if you think about years ago, you know, let's call it 30 years ago, 1992, massage therapy itself was something for the rich and not for the average person until there were certain franchises that rolled it out to America. And that's kind of what you did with Alloy. It's, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I had a friend who was a massage therapist, you know, back then and, and and she said, oh, yeah, I have a guy who, um, you know, comes in, you know, once or twice a week, you know, and I'm like, wow, how rich is that guy? You know, right. <laughs> right. And, and um, but now it's like common. It's, you know, everybody could do it. And and so I guess since you said it, let me let's clarify. What is personal training? Um well, you know, maybe people don't know exactly what it is. I mean, I, I've yeah. personal trained myself, so I get it. But for, for someone who doesn't really understand that. Well, I think I think what people jump to immediately is one coach or one trainer, if you will, with one client. And we would call that one one to one or one on one personal training. And that was what we did for the first 10 years of our existence. But per my, you know, what I was talking about before, but like average consumers, so to speak, coming to the table, needing help to get healthy, not necessarily just to look great for a concert or a, you know, a tour, then it was like, well, we need to figure out a way to scale this thing. So we tried, you know, we went to two people with one coach and then three and four and went all the way up to eight and came back down. And what we landed on is the sweet spot where we can provide the best value to the consumer, meaning we can bring the price down and the best business model for us, which is now the best business model for franchisees is we train six people with one coach. And we have the technology to drive that. So imagine, you know, you've got an iPad there and there's six tiles and it says, here's Tom, here's his level of fitness, here's his do's or his goals, and here's his don'ts or injuries. And then we have a templated program and we have all these cool algorithms run by science that basically say, if this, then that, and it lands you on the right program on that day based on your goals and what you're doing. And we can facilitate that six people at a time and still meet the brand promise of personal training. But now as a per session price, because, you know, you mentioned you've worked with trainers, you know, in your area, your neck of the woods, where you're from anyway, from the New York area, I mean, shoot at this, this day and age is probably 120 to $150 an hour for a one hour personal training session. You know, we're able to do it for say $30 a session. So it brings the 
price down drastically and we can still meet that brand promise of personal training with right programming, right systems and the right technology. Right. So it's leveraging technology in a personal training space. Yes. Um, which makes it more effective and efficient for both the uh, trainer, the owner of the gym and the actual client. hundred percent. So it's, it's less expensive for the client. It's a more scalable and profitable business model for the business owner. So it's really a win-win. And it's something we've been doing for the last, geez, now, you know, 20 years. It worked out so well, Tom, when we switched to this model, it sort of evolved organically. Like a couple of friends working out together. We're like, well, that's interesting. They're having a better time, right? They're paying a little less. The club's making more. Coaches get well-paid. I'm like, this is kind of interesting. So when we switched to our business model, it really took off. And it, we landed on what was one of the most, you know, highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. So that put us on the radar for a lot of consulting. I'm doing a lot of speaking on how we did it, how to transition your business, maybe teaching other brands that don't do personal training well, how to do it at all. And that led to like our consulting business where we were coaching and, and helping other clubs everywhere from India to Tasmania, Dubai, I mean, very scalable. And we did that to the tune of 2,500 clubs and put me on the board for some of the biggest fitness franchises in the world. And we, we deployed and operationalized coaching services, you know, for them. And eventually when we had boutique fitness coming to us saying, can you help us? Can you build our sales system? Can you write our workouts? And these are very well-known brands that, that people would have heard of. We thought, you know, instead of powering people like us, boutique fitness, let's just make a run on our own. And that was in 2019 that we pivoted to, to full franchising. So, I mean, it, it didn't happen overnight. It was a 30 year journey and we approached franchising, I think a little different than most. And it wasn't like a one shop that was killing it with a line out the door. So we decided to franchise. It's like, man, 2,500 clubs worldwide. We really could figure out where, where were their gaps in the market? What type of technology would, do we need to really scale something and keep it as simple as possible? Um, and so, yeah, it was a little bit of a different lens to franchising, but I think it was the right choice for us, you know, long-term it's a better vehicle for our customer, our franchisee, great vehicle for their consumers, right. In their local markets. Um, and you know, a better business model for us as well. Now we've got more controls in place. We've got our brand on the front door. There's just so many more positive things about franchising versus just consulting. Yeah. I think that, um, when I think about personal training, I also think about accountability, when I had a personal trainer, um, I would show up to the gym because I didn't want to let the person down. I had to be there, you know? And so I think that's a big part of it too. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, it may be, you know, in its simplest form, Tom, it may be the most important thing that we do. I mean, knowing that someone is waiting on you, they know your name, they know your fitness goals, they know all your excuses for you're tired or you've been traveling and you've been out of town and they don't want to hear it. Right. And so there's that fun sort of relationship between coach, you know, coach client, if you will, that really makes it work. But accountability, to, everyone knows they need to exercise probably more than they are now. And so to have an appointment with someone who cares about you and it matters if you show up or not, it's very compelling and very powerful. And so 100 percent, I think accountability is the, the number one thing that we do. Yeah, I love that. I really love it. So if if I, somebody's listening in and uh, they hear you talking and, and they um, are thinking about a franchise, but they don't know what, um, what kind of, you know, what would you say about owning a business like Alloy? What, do they need to be a gym rat in order to do this correctly, be successful? 
No, not at all. I mean, they're probably most of the folks that we get to the table, we would call them investors. But imagine I'm buying three to six locations. So that's sort of our average buyer. And, you know, I, I, I know that fitness is valuable. Interestingly, our customer avatar for our gyms and their communities, it's a bit more expensive still, even though it's a great value for personal training, it's more expensive than like a $10 gym membership, that expense pushes pushes our age bracket into that sort of 45 to 65 range. Okay. which just so turns out to be the same age range that's probably looking for franchise opportunities. And it really just means that you've lived long enough to amass a little bit of wealth, right? If you've made a few good decisions. And so you're in a better place to be able to buy, say, a luxury car, or maybe look at a different business opportunity. And so it's always easy for those individuals when we sit down with them to be like, you know what, you're right, we are underserved in the fitness space. Like a friend of mine took me to a CrossFit gym, and it almost killed me. And then I was going to this thing with my wife, but it was mostly you know, cardio. And I really just want to do this, right. And so it's not hard for our candidates to see themselves as the potential buyers as well, which just makes it easier to talk to them about it. So they're like, you know what, you're right, this is something I would do. I'm like, yeah, 100%, right? Because I'm, I'm 52. I'm in that age bracket as well. So um, yeah, I mean, all of that sort of comes together to, to basically make it's a good business opportunity. It like we talked about, it's not so trendy that you have to worry about five years from now, it's gone because it was based on a piece of technology that's disrupted or, you know, a bicycle or a rower, or just not just one modality, right? It's it's based on what you mentioned earlier, accountability. Yeah, absolutely. So so you would put these franchises like right in a strip mall, you know, next to the bagel store and the dry cleaner kind of thing? We would. We're looking for that type of real estate, good co-tenants. Um, a lot of people are concerned about, you know, I think it's some of the feedback we've heard, almost like the trend, you know, concern is like, man, there's a lot of fitness in market, right? And I know there's a lot of fitness in franchising. So, you know, I don't want to open a fitness facility, there's a million of them in my market. I'm like, yeah, but here's what's cool. I like a crowded market. I mean, not unlike a luxury car dealership, that by the way, is probably in a row with a bunch of other luxury car dealerships. Because if you look at a Porsche, you might look at an Audi, right? Same kind of idea. And because our customer avatar is so underserved, we can go into a really crowded market. We only need 130 members to have a really healthy, profitable model. If that's the case, we can easily scoop 130 members out of these other brands where people are just honestly not placed correctly, but it's all they have, right? And so we roll in and we're like, hey, we're the, we're the place for a, a lady that's 55 who's got a funky knee, right? Who doesn't want to run on the treadmill or what have you but is also really fit, you know, and it's like, well, where, where does that person work out to work around injuries? And once they find a home, our average stay for our customers is three years. And you contrast that with like class-based concepts in fitness, they're at five months. So our average spend is $300, theirs is 129. So it's like, well, which customer do you want? The one that spends 129 a month and stays for five months or the one that spends $300 a month and stays for three years? And of course, it's a rhetorical question. But that allows us to go into these very crowded you know, markets, find our family, if you will, of 130 and hold on to them forever, which is great. It's just a it's a different model in the fitness space. It's so true. And I'm so glad and thank you for bringing up the competition piece, because people often say to me, yeah, I, I want a franchise, but I don't want any competition or, or something like that. And right. If I said to you. I got this thing that no one's ever done before. <laughs> you sink some money into it. You know, you're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, there's, right. There's always a couple of ways to look at that. Like, oh, there's, 
if there's no one doing it, it's either like you're just a genius and no one's thought of it, which is probably less likely than the fact that there's just not a market for it, which is why there's nobody doing it, right? It's, there's always room for a little bit different or the best, if that makes sense. And so we have no qualms about going into a super crowded fitness market. We service an avatar in a unique way that's under service. So it's like, great, we can grab our 130 and, and make great money with them and, and make them really happy. And when you think about franchising in general, all of the big you know, granddaddies of franchising, McDonald's did not invent hamburgers, Amco Transmission did not invent, you know, transmissions. I mean, it's just, right. they they find the niche, they systematize it, and they roll it out. And, and it helps the community, helps the consumer, and it helps someone who wants to be a business owner, because it's a business with training wheels. And that's what you're giving to your franchise partners is that the training wheels, which is really important. So on, on that note, how do you help your franchise owners? What, what, what do you think is the biggest support mechanism that they would find in an ally? I think based on our, you know, we have 30 years of experience in all markets worldwide. So we really have the best practices put together. And I think everyone says this, it sounds like an empty claim, but I'll give you examples. So every franchise we've opened thus far has opened at least at break, even if not making money, um, you know, most are opening at this point in time, completely full. So I don't know any other franchise where you invest and then open completely full. And how are we able to do that? Well, we've got all of the processes dialed in from years of running corporate gyms and helping other gyms. And so like a pre-sale as an example, like imagine that all these assets, like the digital marketing and all these things are just waiting in a sandbox and you're like, okay, we're ready. And we turn it on and it just starts, you know, raining leads essentially. And I think that's everyone's biggest concern as it should be like, where am I, how am I going to build my business? How long is it going to take? What kind of support am I going to get? It's like, well, I mean, you better be ready. We're going to train you, you know, at volume on how to sell and get these ready. But when we turn this thing on, it's going to rain leads. And so you better be prepared to, to start selling these guys. Cause, and that's a good problem to have. I mean, I think that's the biggest concern for everyone. How do we get this thing full? It's like, well, we've got that nailed. So I would say that's probably our best value proposition is the profitability of the model and how quickly we can get you to that profit with a really good marketing play. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, you, you pay the franchise fee, but you're paying for your time to ramp up and get to that break even or profit much quicker, you're getting to the head of the line, just really fast. Um, and that's the value of franchising really in, in any good franchise, and, and they're not all good, by the way. Um, and so we want to make sure we're working with the best of the best, hence we work with uh, your company, which is Thank the, you. the best in, you know, personal training. Um, so is there one myth that you could break about uh, the fitness industry, perhaps? Yeah, I think, you know, to your to your earlier question, do you have to be really fit to own a fitness business? And the answer is no, I think you have to be on your journey. So again, if you were um, 100 pounds overweight, and you'd lost 50 pounds, you're living it, right? I mean, you might not want to put on a bikini or a, you know, a speedo and head to the beach yet. But that's not really what it's about. Anyway, it's it's trying to improve your health. And so I think the myth is, oh, if I'm going to get into this industry, I have to look like, you know, a fitness model. And that is not the truth at all, especially to our avatar, 45 to 65. These are folks that like they want to, you know, play two rounds of golf with their buddies and have their back not hurt. And yes, they want to lose weight and look a little better. But they're typically not coming in saying, look, I want a six pack for the beach, you know, I'm trying to pick up some ladies or the other way around, like, oh, I want to be in a thong bikini in three weeks. It's like, we don't necessarily we can do that, of course. But 
we're not necessarily attracting that customer avatar. So it kind of breaks that whole fitness idea of like, you've got to be super buff, you know, to be in the industry. Most of our investors are just normal folks. They're consumers of fitness for their health. They know it's good for them. And they want to take that same vehicle and go help their local community, but not necessarily through the lens of purely aesthetics. It has so much more to do with, with lifestyle enhancements. You talked about like health earlier on with this post-COVID thing. Those are the main drivers for our customer avatar. And our candidates recognize that. Yep. Yeah, well said. And I think the... Um... If you're buying a franchise like an alloy, what, what you're buying uh, is an opportunity to be a, C, a CEO and a CFO of your own business. You're, you're not going to be training people. You're not going to be working the desk. Uh, at least you shouldn't be. You're going to be running the business. Well, you know, as they say, Correct. Right, and not in it. Um, so you really have to understand that part of it, too. It doesn't matter. Like I always say, you could be a vegetarian and own McDonald's. You're not going to be in the kitchen, let alone the store. You're building the business, especially if, you know, in, in an alloy situation, it's a multi-unit thing It's to, to really make it work well. And you want to own a market and own, you know, like you said, three to six units in a market that you open up over time. Correct. So that's, that's an awesome way to go. So for someone sitting in or, or maybe running on that treadmill right now as they're listening to us, Hopefully they're running or doing <laughs> walking, whatever. Yeah. They're moving and the dog. That's a good thing. You know? Yeah. Walking the dog's good. Yeah. They're not sitting and, you know, just eating ice cream and drinking beer. Uh, you could, if you want, it's a choice. That's but right. I, um, I do have my beer and I do have my ice cream, but you know, everything in moderation. That's right. Uh, so what would you say to somebody who is really seriously thinking about a franchise right now? Um, what, what should they, their mindset be? What should they be thinking? Um, I, I think it's a good, it's a good, it's good to mitigate risk, right? I mean, when you look at the survival of like small business, it can be a little scary, but if you then overlay the survival rate of a franchise business, it's a much different profile. So I think when you're looking at franchising, what you're doing is mitigating risk and you're basically buying, I think you mentioned this earlier, a massive shortcut. Like you look at just alloy as an example. Um, you know, we've been in the business for 30 years. We've been working with gyms worldwide at high volume for the last 15 years. We really have a good lens on the industry and we're going to be able to just impart all of that knowledge whether it be, again, as we mentioned before, marketing, operations, I mean, everything, right? Soup to nuts. We're going to impart all the best knowledge that we can on you because it's a fractionalized partnership. So I would say if you're looking at franchising, make sure culturally it's a good fit. Make sure you believe in what it is that you're going to be selling because, you know, listen, at the end of the day, there's a lot of ways to make money, but I think fitness is a really noble way to go about it. So if you believe in that and you want to do good in your community and help people, um, that's important. So why are you getting into the business? I, I think you, obviously it's got to make money. That's kind of a prerequisite to even buying any business. So look at that first, make sure that the company aligns with you culturally really well. And then it's kind of fun. I mean, I, I like fitness because it's something you know, it's all I've ever done. I've never had a real job. And so for me, man, if I can help other people realize that they can also do the same and maybe not work in the boring job that they've had, they don't have any passion for and not getting a lot out of it. I can help them in that regard and they can help people in their community. That's really a win-win. And so that's, that's what we're all about. So I would say, you know, it's looking at franchising, I would do it. I if I had it to do over again, Tom, based on what I know and all the assets that we provide people, there's no shot. I would just go open Rick's gym. I would never do that again. I would go and buy a franchise. You're buying massive amounts of bandwidth. I would make sure it's a good fit. And then I would just go and make money with it. That's where the real money's to be made. Right. 
Amen to that. Thank you for that. Um, where can people reach you if anybody had a question about hiring you to speak or, um, you know, even getting involved with the franchise? Yeah, just uh, look, I'm all over social media, just my name, Rick and Mayo, M-A-Y-O. Um, and then alloyfranchise.com is a great resource. We do a podcast as well. It's sort of niche to the fitness space. But if you want to know about the fitness business, it's a good place to go. Um, tons of blog posts and everything. We have tons of content out there everywhere. So go check out our content. If you want to see more about, you know, Alloy in general, or just us and get to know us personally, there's a lot of that kind of stuff online as well. But um, yeah, I mean, we're everywhere. So just check us out. Awesome. And all of Rick's information will be on the franchiseacademy.com. So go there, check it out. And you could uh, also find the Alloy information. Or if you want to talk to me about uh, how Alloy could be a fit for you, please reach out. Rick, thanks for being on the Franchise Academy today. Tom, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Awesome. We'll see you again soon at a franchise conference, I'm sure. Yes, sir. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.